You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now we've all been there before trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the razor safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. And we are back on the O2 Podcast. Paul and Andrew with you today, this week. Uh, let's see, Paul, what is it? December 12th. Things yeah. will come out in the next couple of days here. So um, hope everybody's doing well. We are going to give you an episode this week with, uh, well, we'll get that in a second. But, it's a good one. Paul, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it should be pretty relevant for Hopefully it's relevant for much most of the listeners, but yeah. Um, Paul, what have you been up to? Ah, we got deer deer gun season ended. I, oh shit, I guess a week at this point, but uh, that was a lot of fun, man. I I hunted like oh god, no one that I work with listens to this, so I did like hardly any work that week. I even told my boss, I'm like, listen, man, I'm deer hunting. Do you want me to take vacation? He's like, no, just answer your phone. I got like three phone calls. <laughs> So super cool about that, but I, I deer hunted every day except for Wednesday because I actually had some work nonsense that I had to take care of, but it was a good, it was a good, good time. I didn't, I didn't kill anything, which was kind of disappointing, but um, I saw, saw some good deer. I went down to some public land the first, first couple of days down in Bent County and uh, you know, Half of the state also went down there, so that was exciting. Good seeing everybody. Glad you're out there. Orange Army, the Orange was in Army, full effect. I mean, it was, it was insane. So I had this, I had this theory, like because everyone gets out of the truck and like, oh, we got to go super deep in the woods, and and I'm like, you know, let's just. I started can. I was like, let's let's just let's just stay close to the truck because everyone's walking like this way. So we walk like 200 yards the other way, drop in the woods. And I mean, like within 10 minutes, the sun comes up. I'm like, son of a bitch. The whole hillside to my right was just orange dot, orange dot, orange dot, orange dot, orange dot. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> what have I done? So blew that idea out of the water. And one of my one of my good friends, a guy named Nick Moen, he's uh he's got a, a cool Facebook page, the outdoor boys, guys check it out. But uh he invited me to come down to some land that uh, that him and his family and brothers and friends have. And for like a public land hunter, when someone's like, Hey, come hunt our private property, like immediately I'm like, I'm gonna kill the biggest deer. Like, you know, I, I have this mentality that 
you know, private land versus public land is like the holy grail of hunting. And it's, it's not always like that, but man, I was, I was super excited. I go down, I don't know, Sunday, Saturday night. And, uh, and you're right. You, you made this comment the other day that there's something about deer camp. It's like a time warp. Like you get there and you just lose track of all time and awesome cabin, beautiful piece of property. Uh, Nick and his, his buddy, Jason were down there super accommodating and you know it's like 110 degrees in the cabin the fireplace is raging and we i mean we fell asleep this is the best sleep that i've ever had i mean someone could have broken that cabin and shot a gun i'd be like oh what what what, what happened 708 i wake up i'm just laying there in bed I, I didn't realize what time it was and i don't know you know i woke i woke you know jason up and he's like oh shit the alarm didn't <laughs> did go off so we all like hop out of bed i look down like the sun is coming up i'm like oh god this is like we have ruined this hunt ruined it so we rallied nick and i went out and and uh gotten this this blind that they've affectionately nicknamed the living room which once again public land hunter like i use one of them stools from walmart you know i walk three miles into the woods we walk like 400 yards into this beautiful like cabin that was a blind Overlook a picture. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It, it's pretty video. Comfy. it was super comfy and like just this little pinch point. It was, it was cool, man. And we saw, we saw some deer, but they were, I don't know, they were really far away. So, but it was, it was a lot of fun, man. I was, I was grateful for those guys bring me down and duck season opened, opened up yesterday. Didn't get to go. I got a big work trip come trip coming up. I'm gonna be gone for a couple of days. So it was family man city this weekend. It was a good time. What about you, man. Uh, yes. Oh, a lot of the same. <clears throat> trying to think. I was out. I went out a couple times since we spoke last. Um, no luck. Uh, but more than anything, it's I'm I've I have spent a lot of time in the woods yeah. this fall. So I need to get back on the uh the honeydew list and uh, being around the house and everything, especially with the holidays coming up. So we've had uh, some different things with that. So I don't really have a ton of like outdoor. Uh, I haven't had a lot of, a ton of outdoor time going on, but one of my trail cameras died that really, uh, it died by the good batteries ran out. And um, I just started getting some good pictures in that one. And I'm like, I was very frustrated. So, oh, and I had a, I had a big work conference last week. So yeah, that's a big that's one for you guys. Of, time. of course, that's another one of those ones where you're at the work conference and, and the pictures are coming through and you're just like, <sighs> just the worst. Those trail cams, man. Like, I, you know, if I, if I wanted to be in the woods and I, I was stuck at, you know, some stupid ass work conference, I would shut the notifications off. I would not want to, I would not want to see that because it's just, I mean, it has to drive you nuts. Like, you're just sitting there talking about, you know, you know, work stuff and your phone deeps and you're like, oh, a deer's. 13 feet from my tree stand like right yes portrait. yes but it's kind of fun when you're sitting at the bar and you can show people and be like oh look this deer is 13 feet from my tree stand yeah, yeah exactly so yeah we got holidays are coming up and if uh anyone's looking to make any tax deductible charitable donations there's all sorts of conservation networks out there that uh 
Yeah, just just cut a check to like White Tails mm-hmm. Unlimited or DU or NWTF and just get the tax write off if that's something you need. But it's good. Good. What is it? The season of giving or whatever that uh, that you see. So get in on that, everybody. And he gets some free stuff. Or Paul. Paul can use a new new pair of waders. So yeah, I'll give them to me. Don't donate them to me. I just got my new waders. <laughs> They're great. Oh, that's only used them twice, but at uh, that duck hunting ships is set in sail as soon as I get back. So good deal. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, I guess we got some numbers from the gun week in Ohio. So this, these are kind of interesting. Uh, about seventy thousand deer were taken down uh, during the the gun week, according to ODNR. Uh, over the past three years, we're at about 65,000. So we are above the average by about 5,000 deer, uh, 8,000 or 8% increase from, uh, over that period. Yeah. I was surprised by the 8% increase from last year. I thought so, it would be a drop because there were so many people. I felt like, you know, extra people hunting in the woods, but it's good that uh, if people are still about enjoying th- it. So, about a third of them were bucks, uh, and about two thirds were uh, antlerless deer, I believe. So, they're thirty six percent bucks, fifty one percent does, eight eleven percent button bucks, and then there's one other category there. The but, uh, um, top top five counties. No surprise here. You get one guess. Top number one. Deer killing county mm. in the state of Ohio. It's a big mm. guess. Coshocton. Mm. God, what are you what are you guys doing out there? Some someone like find us on Twitter at Ohio Hunt and say this is what man, just some deer killing maniacs in Coshocton County. So let's see. Number two, Tuscaras. Three was Muskingum, Ashtabula, and Knox running out the top five. Oh, yeah, and Coshocton led the state in 2020 as well. I feel like they're number so, one every year. It's a pretty safe bet. It is. It is. Um, and it's like, I, I feel, I feel I, I've seen some stuff that I think Coshocton has like more big bucks entered into the big buck club, segue, um, than any other county. Like, that's, man, it's just good. It's a good spot out there. A lot of public land yeah. out there, too. So one more statistic here. Let me try to get through this. But the on top of the 70,000 that have been t- were taken during gun season so far, this was through December 5th, there have been about or just over 80,000 taken by archery hunters. So this is, they said, another archery has been growing very, very quickly in Ohio. And this shows here that we've got 80,000 deer via bow and arrow versus the 70,000 out of the gun week. We also had, this is just interesting to me, uh, the non-resident hunting license is sold in Ohio. Uh, Some people might get upset about this. Some people might say this is good uh, money to help fund programs in Ohio. I'd probably lean on the, on the latter. Um, because I was listening to a podcast on one day and I never look at non-resident uh, fees, but I think the one guy said that like 
if you're not a resident to, to hunt in Ohio, it's pretty expensive, like over a hundred bucks for. Well, I, don't I, some I, of those I should, like some of those bigger like like Iowa? I mean, they're all lottery for out of state, if I'm not mistaken. Illinois, I think, so. I think they've got you know if they're not lottery, they've got like limited numbers or so. I, I know they're tough to get into. So yeah, so we had let's see. We'll just go in order. Pennsylvania, Michigan, West Virginia, probably no surprise there. Yeah. North Carolina was the fourth. That was, uh, I was a little bit surprised by that. And then New York. So. I saw, I saw some of you North Carolina boys hunting out here this weekend. So saw some Virginia folks, Tennessee folks. And, you know, I've hunted out of state before. So I, you know, I don't know. We're, we're going to have that discussion on this podcast about out of state hunting and the effects. And we're going to have it with someone that's smarter than you and I. Cause we're just opinion, you know, we have opinions. We don't have facts to back up and, you know, right. oh, yeah. you know, what, uh, what the impact is and, and uh, you know, if there are things to be more selective with, you know, how we manage out of state, I don't know if that's, if that's possible, but we've got a good deer. Topic. Yeah, it is. We've got a great deer population and a great deer herd in the state and we need to, you know, I, I, I don't know, man, I, I feel like you could, you could charge more and people would still come from out of state. To, to hunt you know i'm not saying like gouge people but you, know, you could value don't gouge them yeah you could, va- you could value like you know I, I don't know how much it is to go hunt like montana for elk but it, it's probably not cheap you know oh. and i'm not saying that you know a deer is comparable to an elk but our tags for out of states were 125 bucks you'd make that two 200 be done with it so just my opinion some some idiot that doesn't know anything about how you actually yeah, make so- wildlife policy when I go over to Pennsylvania, you get it's about one hundred and fifty dollars, and you get the uh, antlered deer, you get a fall turkey and a spring turkey, and I really like that because you don't have to worry about buying um, all three of those. Yeah. But there are there are certain stipulations as well, and um, you know they have antler restrictions, and uh, you can apply it for an extra doe permit. That's more of like a lottery type thing, but. Uh, and and then they've got different tags or i don't know how what they call them but you have to you have to pay for an archery tag so if you can want to hunt deer with archery equipment you actually have to pay a little extra for that so that's how it was like i was in virginia one time and if you hunted state property it was you know five dollars extra to get a state land permit if you hunted uh, you know, they had like Jefferson National Forest. You had to pay you know five dollars extra, and all of that money just rolled right back into the general funds for the Department of Wildlife. So I, that's something I, you know, as someone that's actively like concerned about the wildlife population in this state, if if you know they charge me five bucks to access, you know, state property for the year, I would do that in a heartbeat. It's five dollars. If you're like, yeah, it's a hundred dollars, we might have some some grumbling, but I'm still gonna shut up and do it. But right. I don't know, that's just my my opinion, man. I'm I'm I want that money to go back in uh and be used wisely to conserve what we what we have here and improve what we have. So we'll talk about it at some point. So sure. so Paul, you brought up one one thing in there where we've got an increase in deer numbers from the last, you know, av- last three year average. So going from 65,000 to 70,000 over that week um, and what to attribute that with and I, or two. 
And I think in, in like 2020, there was a lot of this discussion of people going out and, um, you know, want to get their own food and food security. And when we saw Turkey license, like, uh, sales go way up that spring and that, you know, hunting is not the only industry that had that. You and I both worked closely with the golf industry and, uh, golf courses had great years last year and this year, this year they continue to have great years. I think one of the things to think about both hunting and golf have an investment in their equipment, either, you know, buy clubs, you gotta buy a gun, you gotta buy orange, you gotta, so maybe there's still some of that carryover from 2020 that people made that investment. So they're still out there. Maybe they got a little better this year if they could find any ammo uh, to practice with. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing I was reading the article from ODNR, so this is not my idea, but we've had the straight walled cartridges now for, I don't know what. Four years, maybe four or five, five years, six, yeah, something, like that. something years. Uh, so those give us a little bit better, uh, you know, opportunity on some of the little longer pokes and, and whatnot. So, that could be another reason that we're starting to see our numbers increase, increase, but it will, it'll never cease to amaze me. I always think about this. I'm like, man, we're not going to have enough deer and next year we're not going to have any deer to hunt and all this kind of stuff. Or, you know, should I take another one? Do I not take another one? And then I drive down the road and it's just like carcass after carcass yeah. after carcass <laughs> laying in the ditch. It's like, yeah, if you don't shoot them, and some car is going to hit them, so might as well. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's amazing how like just resilient wildlife populations are, and yeah, like you see estimates of okay, there are X amount of turkeys, X amount of deer in the state, and we talked about Mike Tokovich with that, and you know, I mean, it could be like ten times what they actually, you know, what there is, you know, from what they think. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I just like your area. Where you know where where you hunt a lot, it's just like you've taken deer. I'm sure your neighbors have, and then I drive down the field. I'm like, oh my god, there's 40 deer in this field behind your house, you know. And it's just that's cool. It's cool. It's good to see. It is good and to I see. I think, uh, yeah. So you talk about wildlife being resistant. Uh, I know this is really hard to talk to you about this uh, at on the phone call or whatever. But I saw this post on Instagram and a muley something <laughs> or other was the handle i'm gonna have to find it and this deer it's a mule deer gets hit by a van and the damn thing goes flying up like 15 feet in the air and then uh lands on the ground it looks like it's just completely gone and uh nope it gets up and uh continues on through the into the back up into the woods so that's like, just that is insane <laughs> that is insane they're so tough the mule deer are cool man those things are so big so big so yeah we we i mean we we talked about it earlier and i guess I'll, i will bring it up but i bought this i bought this book it was printed in 1966 and it's uh in this book it's got game conditions and regulations for each uh, for each state. Oh, your picture just came through that mule deer. Oh my god, that thing's literally like 15 <laughs> feet in the air. So we're gonna video. That, watch, yeah, you gotta that, watch that. Put that online, man. I don't know how to share it. Yeah. But. God, we're such such idiots when it comes to stuff like that. So, but yeah. So this so this <laughs> this book that I've got, I was I was thumbing through it, and uh, 
I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's over a thousand, it's like 1200 pages long. And in Ohio, there's maybe like four paragraphs for our, for our game report. What year was this? This is, this is 60, 66. So there were, it, we're going to get, I'm going to get some clarification, but there were, there's, there's no wild Turkey population. And there's like, seriously, like six or seven species of animals that, that we could hunt and people could hunt in Ohio at the time. And there's no duck season. There's no goose season. There's no wild turkey season. All these things were, were in process. You know, the state was trying to get, you know, you know, populations established, you know, long-term thought stuff here. So it, I don't know. It's just, it's really neat. I'm going to share this. I'm going to share this on social media and we, we're, I, I like to talk more about it, but uh, it's just, I don't know. It's like, here we are now. So where are we going to be at in, in 40, 50 years, you know, I hope to be so, alive. God, I would, I, I do too. So I would be alive. So here, here's, here's funny. In, in this book, in this, in this game conditions report, it has prices for hunting licenses and, uh, and tags. So what do you think? Just ballpark me 1966. What did a resident hunting license cost? I didn't tell you this earlier. No, you didn't. Yeah. Uh, eight, eight dollars, two and a quarter, two dollars, 25 cents. How much was a deer permit? This is, this is nuts. 50 cents, five twenty-five for a deer permit. Five dollars and twenty. So you could you could hunt for for seven fifty. The the license is cheaper than the yeah. permit. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. For seven like for seven fifty, you could get out and and hunt and hunt deer in the state of Ohio. So. Hmm. Yeah. This is this is really. I mean, it's just it's just fascinating, man. It talks about like the public land in each state and. Um. Yeah. Apparently, like pheasants were pretty popular hunting game species in Ohio in 1966. Who knew? So that so it says right here that 500,000 pheasants were harvested annually in the state of Ohio. Harvested annually in Ohio. That's that's. I bet it's I bet it's two thousand, three thousand birds now. Five hundred thousand pheasants were harvested annually in the state of Ohio at that yeah. time. And the ones that are harvested now probably were released by the state. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. And as so, as as it is today, they talk about Ash Beulah, you guys doing it right, still killing stuff in 1966. So good for you guys. So but yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh very interesting, interesting stuff. So well, let's see here. As we move forward, uh, we've got our extra little bonus weekend here for gun season for deer. So that's coming up. Uh, get your muzzle loaders cleaned out and ready to go for January. That's always a problem I've had with a muzzle loader. Look, is that I don't practice as much as I should or get yeah. it, you know, sighted in until about two days before and it's about six degrees outside. And yeah. It's the worst when you're trying to like cram and get all that figured out. So if you catch some of these nice weather days, maybe that'd be a good idea. A muzzle loader yeah. just a couple years ago. It was like 75 degrees on the Sunday of, of muzzleloader season. So, so high and then I've, and I've hunted, I, we've talked about this, but the coldest I've ever been was one muzzleloader season. Something with my buddy, Josh owns a gun store in Newark, Ohio. If you're interested, tactical firearms, I think. Yeah, it's good. 
tactical outdoors. Good place. Good guy. Good family. So doesn't pay for that plug. So keep that in mind, Josh, if you listen to this podcast, but uh, we're out, we're out deer hunting. And uh, I mean, it was like the air temperature was like negative 30. We'd been out for a couple hours and these four, these four does walked by. And I, I look at him like, if you shoot one of those deer, I will kill you. Like I am so cold right now. I, I will literally, dr- I will shoot you and leave you out here with that dead deer i was and he's just like oh thank god man i didn't <laughs> i didn't want you to shoot it either i'm like why are we here he's like well i don't want to be the guy that was like i'm cold let's go home i'm like let's let's go right now done so love hates relationship with muzzle loader season that's for sure right so what do we got going on tonight we got uh pretty cool episode yeah so good 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 group Buckeye. Oh, wait, your, your ducks come back in the season. Oh, yeah. I forgot about they that. Just yeah, they did. Came, yeah, they came in. They came in Saturday. I got so That's much going on, so. man. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to go out. So, And then there's still some small game stuff out. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. going on still. This is a good time of year. Yeah, man. And this weather really has been uh, pretty, pretty good. Oh, we had those storms come through the other I was going to ask you. Yeah, like, did I? I it was so windy. So I don't know if, if people were, were hunting the back end of that front that rolled through. But there was like a 30 degree change in temperature from from you know 8 a.m. Saturday morning until 3 p.m., 2 p.m. Saturday afternoon. So I mean, yeah, I don't know if that gets deer up and moving. That storm front was bogus. I, yeah. I didn't really well, my one camera was out of battery and uh, I didn't get a chance to go out follow that. But um <laughs> I got up there today and I'm looking around and I mean something looks different. And I kind of noticed that all these trees were kind of down and, and different things and where i the one area i hunt is not that old and it's got a lot of ash trees that are probably you know the size of a softball in diameter they're not very big but they're dead because they're ash trees mm-hmm. so that storm came in and just wiped them all out oh, so i'm sitting there i'm like look at all these great shooting lanes yeah. i have now this is great so all those tree branches i didn't really want to take the time to trim uh they go so that's perfect. sweet man perfect beautiful but yes if you are one of those folks that have harvested a buck and if it's a large buck in the state of ohio so paul and i will just go ahead and uh, we we are exempt from this we don't have anything to worry about and Corey also has nothing to worry about but if you are one of those lucky people skilled people this episode might be of interest so we have Jerry Weingart of the Buckeye Big Buck Club. And let's see here. He's the president of the club. He's been at it for a while. It's a cool, it's a cool club. So it, basically what it is, is anyone that harvests, harvests a, a deer with any legal hunting implement over 140 inches. Is, if you have it scored from a, from a certified score, you can, and enter into the club and they do a lot of cool things we talk about it uh in the uh in the uh in, in the episode so my my wife's grandfather bob was he won the award i want to say it's like 2018 um he had the he had the largest deer harvested that year for uh someone over like in that in that age group it was like 171 inches or something like that it was it was uh, this thing is huge so yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool, Monster. cool. Yeah, cool organization. They do like banquets, and uh, you know they'll pass out awards, and you know you get recognized for you know for your for your efforts in the woods. So it's it's cool, man. It's just it's just a it's an association, um, 
it's not on Facebook. So get off the internet, go meet real people, go shake hands, bring your deer to, to banquets and have fun, man. It's just, it's a really cool, it's a really cool organization. Very grateful Jerry for his time. I mean, he was, he was a good dude. Great, great interview. So and if you do want to find out more information about where to go meet these people, yeah. it is BuckeyeBigBuckClub.org um, for that. But yeah, Jerry was great. Uh, disclaimer, we did do this interview a few weeks ago. Uh, we've just had a few other things come through that we wanted to get to you guys. So we wanted to wait for after gun season. And uh, if you were able to bring down a big boy, this might be uh, real relevant for you. So yeah, find a scorer. I don't think they charge. I don't think people charge for scoring deer. I could be wrong. We didn't ask that question, but they have scoring events that you can get on there. It's all it's all on their website. I know there. I'll the, tell you. Good. The, the website. There's everybody's has an email address. Yeah. So there's no reason you can't get a hold of somebody. Yeah. And I'm, we can tell you from experience that they do respond to those yeah. emails. They're, so. Man, it's just a great group of people. So. But yeah, they do the Buckeye Big Buck. They, they do a scoring event at the Deer and Turkey Expo every year. What do they call that now? The Sportsman Expo or something like that? Something like that. So that's a that's a good one. Yeah, it's cool, man. I, I hope everyone checks it out. Um, so that's all we got, I guess, uh, on that front. So yeah, it's cool. Okay. Well, and we uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Hope, hope we, uh, you guys are enjoying what we've been able to get out here towards the tail end of the year. Looking forward to more things, uh, brighter, brighter future, even more. Yeah, we've we've got we're we're working on an episode with some interviews. Man, it's going to be we're going to light the state of Ohio on fire. I think so. It's going to be great, so. man. You guys just got to hang in there with us. We got some we got some cool stuff in in the in the pipeline. You guys are really going to enjoy it. So, but yeah, find and us. if you want to. Find us on uh, social media. What's uh, the Twitter there, Paul? At Ohio Hunt. Okay. And what's the Facebook? I don't know. I deleted it. I had to start over. I put a pin in Facebook at this point. Okay. So, yeah. With that one. <laughs> we'll uh, join the metaverse or something. We all kill fake-ass <laughs> deer in Mark Zuckerberg's fake ranch. So, uh, And then Instagram, it's the.o2.podcast. Yeah. And then... We are in Go Wild as well. So, oh boy. Yeah. Go Wild, man. uh, Get on Go Wild. Get off Facebook. Get off Twitter. Instagram's all right. Get on Go Wild. Check it out. I think you guys will like it, man. It's all about hunting, fishing, and killing shit. It's cool. It's cool. Cool app. So, cool stuff. So, anyways, here's Jerry. So, hope everybody has a good week and uh, good luck if you get back out in the woods. Take care. We are joined by uh, Jerry Weingart, who is the president of the Ohio, uh, the Buckeye Big Buck Club. Jerry, thanks for taking time out of your day to, to talk to us. How are you doing today? I'm not doing bad. How about yourself? Oh, doing doing well. So are you um, are you geared up for, for archery season that just started here here a few days ago? Yeah, we're, we're trying to get uh, geared up for it. Got to... Uh... Got to move a blind and all kind of stuff. Haven't been out, 
haven't been out yet, but I don't really get too excited until it gets a little closer to the end of October. <laughs> you know, all the same here, all the, way. All the big buck hunters say that same thing. So the uh, it's October 7th when we're recording this, but the the weather is not cooperating and the 80 degrees yeah. and rain every day is uh, it gets the, a little uh, bit old. We got hit with a pretty nasty thunderstorm up here this afternoon. On my way home from work, there were people literally stopped on the highway in a a swamp, a pond. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. it was bad. October weather. So, so Jerry, tell the tell the listeners a little bit about uh, what the Buckeye Big Buck Club is all about. Out of the Buckeye Big Buck Club's purpose. Um, I'm going to just read it verbatim here so I don't screw it up, but it was, it was started in 1957 by a gentleman named Merle C. Gilfillan, who was a Division of Wildlife uh, Resources writer and former Division of Wildlife uh, biologist, and he founded the club, you know, and the first dinner was in 1959, you know, an awards dinner was back then, and uh, the purpose of the club is to increase, you know, the the uh, I guess appreciation of Ohio's white-tailed deer herd back then, and and we're still trying to keep that in line today, you know. And it, it's come so far since 1959; it's crazy. Yeah. How so? The the club was started to uh, was it to promote conservation? Was it to promote uh, trophy hunting in Ohio? Um, or just just promote overall um, the hunting overall, camaraderie, yeah, the, right? The overall deer hunting um, in Ohio. You know what I mean? Okay. Made to promote that, not really trophy hunting. You know, we don't want to we don't want to get uh, under that label too much. But we are a conservation organization also, and uh, but we do appreciate and recognize the big deer that the state of Ohio has. Okay. Jerry, when, on that, when did a real quick Paul, on that note, um, I've I've heard some stuff that I I'd never really, I guess, contemplated or thought about um, as far as how it's not necessarily trophy hunting, but the idea of of letting bucks mature and stuff has really helped the the overall conservation effort of the species in Ohio and really in North America in general. And when we talk about you know letting these these deer and and different animals really come to maturity it, it helps to preserve the overall uh you know the species in general sorry about that somebody's trying to explain you're good but uh yeah that's exactly uh what we're about we're about you know harvesting the mature deer and not uh you know not just going out and shooting any any little buck and and stuff like that what's what's it take to to become a member of the of the the buckeye big buck club is it just you fill out a piece of paper and pay yearly dues um are you is it what's the process okay the process is is you have to harvest a 140 class typical starts at 140 or a 160 class non-typical you actually have to do something to get in you can't just pay pay dues if you uh, work at it and harvest the deer. At, that's uh, a typical. It's 140 or a non-typical. It's 160. Um, then you can make the club. Then you get your deer measured by an official measurer and uh, pay your entry fee, and that's it. 
is that so you can harvest a deer with with a bow, longbow, crossbow, compound bow, rifle, anything, shotgun, bar, doesn't yep. matter. Anything legal in the state of Ohio. Okay, so that so that's one way that you guys differ from you know, like Pope and Young or or, or Boone and Crockett, then. right? Right, we're more like Boone and Crockett. Boone and Crockett will will you know take a deer in from whatever legal means uh, there is. And just to clarify for the listeners and stuff, and, and myself. Pope and Young, that's archery only. Is that correct? That is correct. They are absolutely archery okay. only. How many how many new entries um, does the club see per year, per deer season? Um, just depends on a year, somewhere between four and 700. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, it's usually yearly at our banquet whenever we have it. We haven't had it for two years because of COVID. Um, usually we have at least... 500 people there at our banquet and uh wow that's you know uh, and we we hand out certificates at our banquet if people don't come then uh we hand them back into the division of wildlife and they send them out for us oh wow so so the club has a pretty good relationship with the division of wildlife then can you hear us oh there you go Oh, sorry. I, I asked. Um, so it sounds like the club, you guys have a pretty good relationship with the Division of Wildlife. Yes, we do. We uh, actually uh, we always have a liaison goes right back to division because uh, we are part and parcel. We were started by a Division of Wildlife officer, more or less. And the division's, you know, seal and everything is on our certificates. We hang out, hand out. And we usually have divisional wildlife officers there handing the certificates out at our banquet. I've, I've seen on your website, you guys have um, just kind of categories for, 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 for new members. And so just talk a little bit about that. So you've got um, kind of like the overall deer and then you, and you break it down by category. Just talk about um, the different categories that, that hunters in Ohio can, can become a member of. Right. And any legal means, I mean, are the categories, you can use a crossbow, you can use a longbow or, or compound shotgun, rifle, muzzleloader. And we give awards out for each one of those categories, whoever shoots, you know, or harvests the largest deer in each one of those categories, we usually give a first, second, and third place out for that. And then, Anybody else after that, just, you know, they get the, the normal certificate that we hand out every year. So do you have like a, a special category for, for youth hunters or for women hunters? Actually, we do. Yeah, that's another category um, we have for the youngest hunter and for the biggest, uh, you know, deer harvested by a, a lady. And we've really had a lot of success. Uh, having the ladies come into our banquet and stuff also. I mean, it's, it's really been good. Jerry, good. we had a uh, Mike Rex on last week. Uh, does he have his own category? Cause it sure sounds like he's <laughs> been to your banquet a few times. Yeah. Uh, well, Mike's been a board member forever. And I think he's actually been on the board a couple of years longer than me, which is saying something. Cause I've been on there a long time, but um, yeah, he's, uh, he's one of those guys that, is very meticulous and he knows exactly what to do to harvest these deer. I mean, he's gotten a club deer every year since 2004. 
Yeah, it's quite quite the quite the run. I don't so. think I've ever seen one since two thousand and four. <laughs> so well, I I have to I'll have to say my uh, my wife's grandpa uh, was was a newly inducted. He won the um, I think it's the is it the George Applegarth the Senior Hunter Award. He was right. inducted. He was inducted. I don't know two thousand eighteen, I believe. So um, he uh, he shot. An amazing deer so it was exciting to to see that and, and, and be a part of that for him so um i want to talk a little bit about uh scoring a deer that's something that a ton of people have questions with or questions about and i, I feel like that's one of those topics and and i've never scored a deer I, I feel like you could talk about that for hours um you could <laughs> so let's just let's just do like a, a real like introductory um, talk about, you know, scoring a deer and just the different times the, you know, what you're looking for. Cause you are an official scorer yes. for the club. Um, you know, what's a G2, what's a spread, you know, bases. How do you score like a really, a really good deer? Um, if it's a typical, you know, you, you, you start, you start with your base measurements, um, usually start with the, uh, like an in, you can go with an inside, your inside spread, and then you have a measurement down each beam. And it's kind of difficult to tell you how we make our marks to uh, score the, the points on them. It's, we use a cable. I mean, I can show you this stuff, but it, it's hard to, it's hard to understand unless you're seeing it. But uh we start the point measurement as if we draw a line across with the cable around the point, as if that point wasn't there, as if that main beam was just going from one side to the other. And that's where your, your starting line is. It's not way down into the beam or anything else. It's right even where the top of the beam should be. And you might make a mark there and measure to the end of the point. And then, uh, uh, you have four circumference measurements. Even if it's a spike, it still gets four circumference measurements if somebody wanted to score one. But uh, yeah, the first one is right around the base, uh, between the base and the G1, and it's always at the smallest spot on the beam. So in that area right there, you find the smallest area, and then you do the same for the corresponding measurements going out the beam. What, what are some deductions on a typical deer? The typical is basically you start on the right, you start the right side or the left side and whatever the difference is between those two sides, between the G1 on, on the left side, G1 on the right side, G2, G3, whatever the difference is, that's deducted. And whatever the difference is in circumference measurements on each beam from side to side is a deduction. So if he's got a big drop tine on one on his left and not one on, a, on his right, he, that, that's a deduction. That would be a deduction unless it's long enough to, you know, I mean, if there's enough stuff, then that would add in if you're doing a non-typical. Okay. But even the non-typicals, you measure the deer as if it was a typical. You find the typical frame first, whatever the measurements are there, and then take the deductions off and then all the extra points are added in on a non-typical. How, how long does it take you as a, as a scorer to score, you know, like a, the, the, the 2020 non-typical deer of the year was, was 225 and, and one eights. Uh, 
And that's, that's, a, that's a lot, that's a lot of bone to measure. Right. How, how, how long does it take to do something like that? Um, it actually just depends, but I would say on a deer that's 225, as long as you don't have, if you got really weird stuff, you know, it takes a lot longer, but on a, on a non-typical like that, I would say an, an hour to two hours. It just depends on how difficult where the points are and, and, you know, how you got to mark them to measure them. And sometimes even on non-typicals, um, if they're, if they're really difficult, we use, most of us will call another score and have another guy come over so we can get a, you know, consensus between both of us or whatever. Now, if it's going to be uh, a state record deer, it has to be panel scored by like four guys. Oh, wow. Jerry, uh, can you elaborate a little bit on the, the drying period? Cause I know you can't just take the deer from the field and bring it over to you right that night and have you start measuring. Um, right. It's a, it's a 60 day drying time. Um, from the day you harvest it 60 days after that, then it's, it's dried enough. That's just the Boone and Crockett way of doing things. So we follow their, we follow their rules. What's a green score? A, a green score is if you measured it before the drying period was up. And generally, what do you see in the drying period? I mean, 10% reduction, 5%. Yeah. It depends. I, I, it's, I hate to say this, but it depends on how early in the year it's shot because a lot of deer, when they're shot real early, their, uh, their antlers are still, even though the, the velvet has come off, they're still not completely hardened. So those ones will dry up a little bit more than the ones that are shot later in the season because they're naturally going to dry anyway. But you'll probably see a deduction of, you know, I don't know, three, two, three, five percent somewhere in there. So if you're going to shoot a big one, you should wait for later in the year, right? <laughs> if he comes by, shoot. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so the, the current, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the current record for a typical deer in Ohio is 201 and 18. Does that, does that sound right? I'm on, I'm on the record book search here. Um, yeah, I, I got my rec a record book sitting right down here in front of me, and I, I, I believe it's 201. I'll tell you here. And it's a tie. Right. There's there's two. Right. Yeah, right. it's so those are and and the the last so the, the first entry for the for the state record was 1986. Uh, and then the most recent entry was was 2004. 201. I mean, that's that's getting, I mean, that is that is really up there. That's a really big deer. Do you right. think that's a record that will ever be broken? What the 201? Yeah. Yeah. I think it will be broken. Okay. And do you think that's just because of the way that, that people are managing deer nowadays, you know, with the air quotes growing deer, or is it just to speak to the overall health of the, of the deer population? I think, you know, there, there are certain areas in the state that get less, um, less pressure than others. And, Every once in a while, one of those will pop up, but I, I think that 201 will be broken. Okay. Is Milo Hansen buck, do you think that'll ever be broken? And that's the world record typical. Deer. Right. Yeah. I, at some point in time, I believe that will also. I mean, <laughs> that, one, that one stood for a long time now. If I, yeah. 
Well, the Jordan buck stood for, you know, I don't know how many years. I mean, that was at 204 and something. Yeah, that was decades, wasn't it? Yeah, that stood for a long time. But I I, I think it will be, uh, I think it'll be broken. Jerry, is there a part of the state that you see more of these deer coming from than uh, one more than another? Or is it just kind of random? Um, For the most part, you, you get more of the the deer that make the club in like Southeast Ohio, South Central Ohio in the hill country and stuff down there. Like uh, you were just talking about Mike Rex. I mean, he lives in Athens and every one of those deer he's gotten has come from probably within 20 miles of his house. But uh, we've seen a lot of really large deer coming out of like the, the, the southwestern part of the state and the farm country over over that direction. There's been some really big ones. Well, Brad Germans, his was in Warren County, came out of there. And, you know, then, of course, you, you know, you got uh, got some other really large ones, the non-typical ones over there is, uh, you know, Mike Beatty at 304 and 6'8". I mean, that was Green County. Wow. Do, a, lot do, of, a lot of big ones come out of those farm areas. Do you keep track of if uh, if these deer were, were harvested on public land or private land, or does it is that just something that's? Um, we don't really keep track of of that. I mean, we keep track of what you know the county that it came out of, but we really, we really don't keep track of it's that uh, if it's a you know it was on public or private ground. What was that deer that? I think they found it. Was it Sandusky County last year or somewhere up that way? Uh, oh man. You guys know which one I'm talking about. I don't think anybody shot it. I think they found, found it. A hunter found it when he was out walking the woods. That was some, I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know. Now I got to find it. I'll, I'll, was, it a, was it a big non-typical record? Or I something, or? don't know exactly what it was, but now I got it. Okay. Just don't worry about me for a minute. Well, while he's doing that, Jerry, talk talk to talk to us about the scoring events. It's something I saw on your website. What what is that? Um, when are those? Okay, most of our scoring events uh, take place usually in the spring of the year, um, after the deer season and after the drying period. You know, or close to, you know, after the drying period. I know one of the first scoring events that that we do is an event in uh, uh, down in Amish country down there at the Northeastern Ohio Sportsman Show. We go down there and that's usually the end of January. We start there uh, and guys bring their heads in there. But anything that we can do to drum up, um, you know, uh, fellas coming in, we do an event at, uh, at the Finn Feather and Fur in Ashland. And there's various other ones down south too down in uh you know southern ohio the other guys we have scoring supervisors for each district in the state so each one of those guys you know set up their own events and then the big one that we haven't been able to do for a couple years is at the deer turkey expo or whatever it's being called now like the uh open season outdoor they just changed it i can't remember what it's called yeah it's it's the open season something rather and we still haven't had that for two years is that the one that's in uh, Columbus? Yeah, yeah, the one in Columbus there at the fairgrounds in the Bricker building. Yeah, as I say, I was there a couple of years ago, and there was a line out the door with everybody holding their mounts. It was 
Uh, yep. Maybe it was 2017, maybe, I, I want to say. But yeah, it was it was a sight to see. There was a lot of big deer. Yep. Yeah, we usually score between, I don't know, between two and 400 deer down there for that event. <laughs> that's in three, you know, basically three days. So yeah, that's that's wild. How, how does a, how does someone become a scorer? Um, you can either go to school and take the Boone and Crockett Pope and Young course or test, you know, and learn through that. And in order to become a scorer, if you haven't taken that, you have to have harvested a deer that makes the club. And then you'll go through a two-year apprenticeship, you know, going with a, a registered score to learn the ropes and, and all that stuff. And then we usually we usually test those guys in Columbus because we have such a variety of deer. You know, we'll go over a typical and a non-typical, and we know what the score should be, and then we'll give it to those guys and see what they come up with, see if they're close. <laughs> so when you do the testing, um, if you want to get signed up for the testing, is that like a species by species thing where you're just checking boxes of what you want to learn on how to test or score, or is that just well, you sign up prior prior to that specifically? Like I want to do whitetail. What for you mean for Boone and Crockett? Yeah. Or? Um, Boone and Crockett usually their classes usually entail doing all of them. Okay. I think I think they might do a white tail one here and there, but I think for the most part, most of them are for all the species. Okay. Okay. I just want to clarify. Uh, this was a 233 inch deadhead buck found up in Sandusky County uh, by Jason Klein. So. I don't know. I remember seeing this headline last year. Uh, it was 2020. That's quite the, that's quite the deer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I heard about that, but um, I don't believe anybody's ever, you know, measured it or anything. Yeah. With, we do have a class now for pickups. Oh, okay. Um, that you can like Boone and Crockett will take a pickup, you know, but it's gotta be a skull. Not, we don't do sheds. And all that stuff, and it has to have a paper from written from a division of wildlife officer saying that it was, you know, gotten legally found or whatever. Like a salvage uh, permit, then. More or less, yeah. <laughs> and those those people that want that deer measured, we'll put it in. We have a separate category for them. They don't get invited to the banquet, and they get a smaller certificate for that because they didn't actually harvest it got it what uh what's the website for listeners um it's buckeyebigbuckclub.org when when's your next uh do, do you guys know when your next event's going to be um our banquet i can't tell you the exact day for it it's the first i believe it's the first or second weekend in february coming up okay I, off the top of my head, I don't know the date. Good deal. Well, Jerry, I hey, enjoyed. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the website and it's uh, February 12th of 2022. Okay. At, you go. It says at Ashland University, but I'm sure if, if anything changes, it'll be up on your guys' website. Page, yeah, it, so. it, that's what it is. I mean, uh, I just haven't paid attention what the date was. Now, are you a part of any other conservation organizations in the state? Uh, actually, I am. I'm vice president of the Ohio Conservation Federation. 
Okay. Oh, that's awesome. And, and uh, that group does an awesome job on stepping on the right toes to make sure our gun rights aren't infringed. <laughs> yeah. You're a busy yeah. guy then. Yeah, we try to be. That's for sure. I got two deer coming in tomorrow night to measure. Oh, wow. Good deal. Do you, do you turkey hunt as well? Um, I personally don't turkey hunt a lot, but I've taken my grandson. We go down to see Mike Rex and he's, both times he's been there, he's got, uh, got a bearded, got a bearded bird. Oh, there you go. Just got one this last year. Another one. Jerry, do you have any, any, uh, bucks in the big buck club? Yeah, I would have to, in order to even be, uh, associated (laughs) on the board or whatever. Yeah. I have a, a non-typical and a, uh, typical in. Cool. I'm not like Mike Rex have 20 of them, but what the heck. Yeah. <laughs> Who's counting, you know, and you get that point, you yeah. know, it doesn't matter. No, Mike, Mike Rex is a really, really good friend of mine. So he works for everything, work for every one of those deer he's got. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Jerry, thanks for your time. Uh, it was, it was great talking to you. Um, we'd love to have you on again at some point and just give us an update on, on, on what you guys are doing. Um, Corey, Andrew, you guys got anything else? No, I hope when we come on, it's because we got to, to enter the yeah, club. That's exactly. the goal, yeah. right? Next so. time we talk, it's going to be to talk about one of the big bucks that we killed. Hey, there you go. That that works. But uh, our our next big event should be at the uh, deer and turkey or out, you know, whatever. They, like I said, whatever they're calling it now. <laughs> the uh, open season, you know event down there in columbus that's that's really something you guys ought to come by there and uh i'm sure we could we could show you some stuff it is a really cool show and there's something for everybody there it's already on the calendar we should just just set a booth up and just sit there the entire time yeah that would be cool (laughs) yeah well jerry that's this has been a great talk good luck to you this year um yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, no problem. Anytime the club can do anything to help you guys out or come on and do anything, we would be really happy to do it. Appreciate yeah, it. We'll absolutely Very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Right. Yep. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care.